hear the million voices from all the world around. Feel the little advocates and the blessings that abound. Hello and welcome to another episode of Jen's Gems with me, Marvin Schneider, and of course, Jen Ward. Hi, Jen. Hi, Marvin. Hi, everyone. Um, you do look sunburnt, but the interesting thing is that you haven't been in the sun because it's our winter and it's just all energy. What, yeah, this is what happens when I do energy work and it's, it's searing through. Yeah. So we've done a number of Jen's Gems on fairly edgy topics and we thought we might mix it up a little bit today. What are we going to be doing? We're going to do... Um, we're going to be sharing the, the poetry book with everyone a little bit. Okay. So. so it's called Genuine Poetry for Life, and the subtitle is Poems to Uplift Humanity. Mm -hmm. So you are going to be sharing parts of the um, prose aspect of the book, and we were going to discuss that a little bit. And then I was going to share a couple of poems or two, three, or Good. whatever. Can you tell the listener how this book was manifested, the process? How so? I mean, the poems have come through to me all through this lifetime. Right, so you've I... been writing poems for quite a while. Yeah, and it wasn't until, um, and then I was shut down over it a few times, saying it, you know, um, telling me I wasn't good enough or whatever. And then... Um, when I saved a tree a few years back, um, this tree was slated to be cut down with a whole grove of them. And this tree <laughs> communicated to me <laughs> um, to cut the vines out away from it and to like clean up around it. And as I did, one day I came home and all the other trees were cut down except this one. And then it thrived because of the help I gave it. So I was going into the house and I felt this energy behind me, like 50 feet tall behind me, this huge presence. And it was the tree thanking me. And then he downloaded a poem into me called One Little Human. And I actually shared that uh, in a competition book, The Chicken Soup of the Souls, Volunteering and Giving Back. And it was chosen as a book as a poem in that book. And after that poem, it was like, then I was able to get my first book um, published and out there, um, Enlightened and Unveiled. And then now from that, I've gotten 19 books out there and you've helped me edit the first two of them, which makes them much clearer for mainstream and much more able to um, endure the test of time. So we're working on doing that with an the other 17 books. Are we really going to do all the books? We have to. Oh, dear. It's, we, it's quite know, the it's effort. Really... I, for anyone out there listening who is an author and has written a book um, will know that it is quite the effort. But the thing is that my part was effortless because I did it in blissful ignorance like the way I wrote is on social media. The adepts told me, just write a post and put it out there and then file it away in a folder. So the first edition of all my books are just a compilation of all these things I put together. But then you come along and you take this, um, take this rough you know, um, potential and you craft it into something the reader can digest and, and um, mainstream can appreciate. So it I think, I think you got the worst of the brunt of it, I think. Well, um, let's put it this way. I find it easier writing material that I originate because mm -hmm. I know what I'm writing about. I know it's almost like the structure, the ideas, the, you know, the, the big bullet points are kind of downloaded to me in my dream state and then I wake up and I just know what to do. So when I'm writing on your behalf or with you, so as a collaboration, I need to absorb all of this material, understand it, find the story or the logic or the sequence, 
and then 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 write it and so uh, it's it's a reasonable chunk of effort yeah, but so it is rewarding um so once the product is done it is rewarding and of course we're self-publishing right so you know we don't have this big publishing house behind us in fact the genuine healing brand can you just hold up that book again uh, and just if you can just show that can you just close the book and just show them and just bring it closer to the um right and and just lift it up again so it's genuine poetry for life poems to uplift humanity the author is obviously jen ward and um the inscription down the bottom is um the publishing house is genuine healing wodonga australia right? so that's kind of where we're at so um, we are it. Um, <laughs> we are the writers, the uh, the copyright creators, the the stylist, um, and then sort of managing the publishing process and whatever. <laughs> so, and then it's. Um, but what I was going to say, it is it is incredibly rewarding, self publishing in this way to take it out of the hands of Amazon. Can I just tell the listener how rewarding that is? Absolutely. I actually think we should take all the books off of Amazon and just have them. But, but the only way we can do that is we're going to have to format it. it. It will be a lot of work to to get it in a self-published format. So, yeah. It's, I wonder it's if not... there's any spiritual um, spiritual um, benefit from just taking them off right now and just uh, allowing the readers to only get the ones that we've um, that you've edited. Yeah, um, possibly. I, I did. I did ask you that question a couple of days ago, and then at that point, the answer was no. But maybe we'll just sleep on that for a little bit as an idea, because I, I think you might be right. What's interesting is when you asked me that question, I didn't hear you ask me that question. Well, so we're still working on our own communications and everything. Isn't that funny? All right, so the title of this Jen's Gems is Poems of Universal Consciousness. So we're going to be dealing with chapter one of the book, um, and that chapter is entitled Universal Consciousness. Um, can you just explain to the listener the benefit of getting the book and interacting with the book and having their own personal experience with the poem? So it's one thing to sit here and listen to us recite from the book and that's great we we love doing it and allowing the listener to benefit from that but there is something wholly different in actually having the book and having your own personal experience yeah. with it it's like it's like a vibr it's a vibrational intention so all of our intentions to uplift humanity are in there and to to convert the pain anguish and struggle of all my lifetimes into something that can be put into the physical, emotional experience and mental experiences of the reader. So it's almost like converting all your pain into an understanding, a channel for higher consciousness. So by having a, the holding the tangible book in itself is holding the vibration of higher consciousness or healing. So yeah. it can be comforted in many ways like that. Yeah. So those that aren't familiar, uh, there are 12 chapters. Uh, each chapter has an, a prose introduction written. And basically I was kind of interviewing you, getting the ideas from you, right? So you were basically giving me, let's call it the raw material. Um, and then I would write that the prose of it and then mm -hmm. of course there are a dozen sometimes more poems related to each chapter and there are 12 chapters and we will go through each of these chapters um, from time to time on a Jen's Gems episode and this is mm -hmm. chapter one universal consciousness well and it's It's really difficult for both of us to do this because we're coming from such different vantage points um, that you're from the vantage point of trying to validate the intangible. 
And I'm coming from the vantage point of understanding what it's like to be invalidated and um, holding the vibration of that and releasing it for the listeners, which is what really interesting because I think some people who, who um, watch these Jen's gems, they can feel that struggle between us of male and female energy and stuff as a surrogate for humanity. And they take it personal within themselves, which isn't helpful. Um, but it's just part of, if, if what we say causes a reaction in you, look at, look at how the reaction is um, affecting you and what it's trying to break through for yourself. It's just part of the process. Does that make sense? Um, sure. <laughs> no, but um, that's fine. Um, I'm just trying to convey how difficult it is for the reader to receive what we're saying because it's really difficult for us to put that intention out there. It takes all I can do to be present. Like you can see that I'm burning and it's all I want to do is to cry. And it's the intensity of the experience for the individual. So it's releasing through my presence here. And it would be good if the listeners would understand that concept or that experience so they don't just think I'm a freak always breaking into tears or whatever. I actually don't think they think you're a freak at all. I think they appreciate, the listeners appreciate what you're doing. I mean, you just need to read the comments to know that. Um, the other point that I was going to make is that a lot of these poems are very raw and they're very um, edgy and they're very personal and they're almost, I mean, you can tell that they're written from your vantage point. And so the readers of the poems can get a sense or a glimpse of, um, you know, the journey that you've gone through to do what you do. But I think what, what strikes me is that I actually think, even though it is clearly a very personal reflection my sense is that the vast majority of people on the planet can um, gravitate around it and and find their own meaning in it and and see their own experiences in your poems. Hopefully it's validating them because a lot of the individuals feel like their struggle is unique only to them when the, the truth of the universal collective experience is to feel isolated, abandoned, alone, and and on the brink of something. Yeah. And that's that's close to enlightenment, is that feeling of just hopelessness, futility. So it's really exciting to be there. Yeah. Um, good. So if you're inclined, please get a copy, get your own copy of the book, have your own experience with it. Um, you won't regret it. All right. Shall we um, get into this? Yeah. So I'm going to read just a couple of pages from chapter one, beginning on page one, um, and then we'll talk about some of those concepts. And then, Jen, you're going to read how many poems? Have you you've selected the poems you're going to read out of three. chapter one? I think I've got three. Okay, so um, let me begin chapter one. Uh, the chapter is called Universal Consciousness, and um, I'm just reading from the beginning, the first two and a half pages. More and more people are contemplating the really big questions as every day goes by. What is the nature of universal consciousness? What is the meaning of life? Why does life exist at all? And what is our role in the grand design of the universe such as it is? Unfortunately, there are still billions of people on the planet that have either never contemplated these questions or are so resolute in the idea that there is no higher purpose at all. For them, life is all about getting as much as possible for themselves during their short tenure on earth, even if it is achieved at the expense of others. Greed, the accumulation of wealth and power, self-interest and indifference are their tools of trade. If you are at this end of the spectrum, perhaps these writings will give you a moment of pause and trigger within you the kind of holy shit moment that seems to be common to all those awakening. Then there are billions of people who have a sense of some form of universal consciousness, 
but who are captive to the dogma surrounding mainstream religions or other forms of spiritual practice. This entrapment holds them in lower consciousness and prevents them from realizing themselves as omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent beings. It is what Jen calls being trapped in the daisy of death. So I'm going to skip a couple of paragraphs um, and then kind of go um, continue then towards the bottom of page two, if those are following along at home. While I'm open to a lot of alternative modes of thinking, at the end of the day, I'm a very practical person. And so, he, sorry, just here I'm kind of reading now from my perspective. I get frustrated when reading the wise words and counsel of gurus, sages, ascended masters and the like that are written in riddles. So I've constructed what I consider to be the core tenets of higher consciousness and spirituality in plain English, and they are as follows, and they were given to me by Jen. So the first core tenet is there is a universal consciousness. We will call it source to avoid drawing upon the tainted concept of God. We are spiritual beings whose consciousness exists beyond a single incarnated life. Most people alive on earth right now have had many hundreds or thousands of incarnated lives, not all of which have played out on earth. The third one, as spiritual beings, we are an aspect of source and are interconnected with everything in the universe, both animate and inanimate. The next one, all individuals, atoms of source possess awareness and are therefore conscious. Next one, the purpose of an individual's life in this incarnated form is to realize itself as a conscious being in its relationship to all other conscious beings. The purpose of life in its broadest perspective is to perceive life from every possible vantage point as a means to move the collective closer to source. The base nature of source is love, gratitude and enthusiasm are doorways to higher consciousness, whereas regret and apathy shut down opportunity and the last tenant, the journey towards and beyond enlightenment never ends. So there's a lot of content in that do you want to just kind of talk about that as an idea or those as ideas oh so is there anything you want to say about that because that kind of creates provides a little bit of the context for the poems um so so the upgrade and understanding is that we are all atoms of god God is not something outside of ourselves. Adam is uh, our, our energy. Us as an energy being is an atom in source. So the way to honor source is to honor others because they are other atoms of yourself. Yeah. And there is, it's almost like everything that we do to judge or belittle or diminish or have pissing contests with someone else is counterproductive to the whole. It's almost like the liver cells and the heart cells attacking each other to see which ones are better. Both are necessary to keep the body running and both are as valid as the other one. So yeah. when we try to, um, when we play these games in the human consciousness, we're just destroying the essence of the whole. So it's time for us to upgrade in our understanding and our accountability to each other. Yep. So, okay. Should we read some poems? Sure. Um, I just picked out three that I don't know if they're too long, but I'll try to go slow and give out a healing intention with these. The first one is may all blessings be. And it's almost like the them versus us, it's addressing the them versus us in humanity that my God is this and your God is that or um, white superiority or men are better than women or women are going to attack men and whatever. It doesn't matter. Our humans are better than animals and trees are inanimate objects, all this crap. May all blessings be, it's on page seven. Any arms are my arms that reach out to hug. 
whether they represent a saint or belong to a thug. Any pain is my pain. It all cuts so deep. I feel internal angst. I am compelled just to weep. Any life is a value, so worth taking up space. The divine act of existence and an immense act of grace. Every soul has an vantage point so worth the knowing by exploring its depth and acts our own growing. Any heart is a heart well worth the beating. It's best to engage in life than be always defeating. Every life is valuable, especially your own. Enlightening yourself is living in the zone. You are valued and respected, a being of pure light. Recognizing your empowerment brings the world new delight. What you choose to do with this expression that is you teaches the whole world what it is able to do. The more you embrace your greatness with a kindness and grace, the more easily this world becomes an enlightened, loving place. In fact, the whole world at large is a reflection of you. So for the sake of all life, love everything you do. Stand by what you say, the truth that you command, the fate of the world sits squarely in your hand. When you emanate with love, whether you may, wherever you may go, you are feeling internal love. You are feeding internal love to all those who don't know. So for the grace of humanity, the collective we, may you be a blessing to all and may all blessings be. Yeah, so that really does speak to everyone's connection um, in universal consciousness. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read another one? Yes, please. I did. Okay, this one's called Soul is Soul, um, called Love in the End. Sorry, my eyes are blurry from the, the universal tears coming through. <laughs> and so I'm, I am feeling definitely sunburned. And you know what I got a sense of it is? Mm -hmm. um, you know how sensitive I am. You might have noticed it once or twice. Mm -hmm. A lot of souls out there still think they exist in a hell. They believe they're in hell. So if they have a belief system of hell, and some on some level they're trapped in a hell. So it feels like my energy is going with it and burning in their hell with them and, and helping them to release from that hell. Wow. Okay, love in the end. Solar flares, winter blues. Oh, page, sorry, page 19. Is that what you were gonna ask? Yes, please. Love in the end, page 19. Solar flares, winter blues, Indian summer, deja vu. Quiet outbursts, put in allegations to bed. Are we guided by angels or just randomly led? Each season solstice, swimming up creek, finding answers to question, questions dismissed by the meek. Desiring to go further than your leash will allow, finding, all God, finding God in all places, even in worshiping a cow. Searching all temples, revisiting all shrines, is your God the real one or is it mine? Standing on a pulpit or shouting from the street, find love in all places, shake hands when you meet. Nature or nurture, it's really a moot point. If you feel God's love everywhere, then he's there to anoint. When your blood, brains, and bones are put into the ground, it's a you that is left that still hovers around. Ascends into heaven, reacclimates, remembers it's been there, revisits its fate. It does it all over, again and again, until you realize each moment that we're all love in the end. 
was kind of talking about reincarnation. I don't know if that was too subtle for people. No, it wasn't too subtle. And I think it was also a reminder of the futility of thinking about my God, your God. You know, it's, I always shake my head. So what's interesting is these things are so contentious within people that you can't get through to the love because they're like, like as soon as people smell that you have an opinion, what they do in energy is they brace up and they put their, um, they put their masks on and their boundaries up and their walls up. So nothing is going to get through. The beauty of this book is you can talk about these, these um, issues without like sneaking them in through love instead of mental aberration. So if you have someone who you want to open up to life, give them one of these books and let them just read it and they'll get what they are going to get out of it. But some of the truth and understanding of higher consciousness can sneak in. Does that make sense? It does. Um, and that's right. So just having your own experience with the poems, um, I think, has that effect, doesn't it? Well, yes. And when they're having their own inner experiences with the poem, they're actually having their own inner experience with, inner experience with us, mm. with, with my love and your intentions and, mm. and purpose. So it's a strength and a sweetness that they, they tapping into. And it's a way of nurturing oneself in a way that a lot of people haven't been nurtured in this lifetime. I know I haven't been. Yeah. Uh, I think I've said it already, but my experience is that um, you have a much more intense experience with the poem when you're reading it for yourself, nice yeah. and slowly. You, you really do need to read it really slowly. And I'm glad you're doing that, by the way, because the thing is that every word and every nuance and every construction, you're sort of sitting there going, you know, you've, you've got to process it. Do you know on some of the subscriber events that we have, previously we used to run two per week and a lot of people on the subscribers group were saying that they need more time to process um, mm -hmm. the events. Yeah. So, so if people like want to do it for themselves, they can pick up the poems when they need to. To me, the poems are like a light show, an inner light, and a little inner sound show. And it's almost like when you when you see these things on TV, these these huge um, celebrate. Um, um, I forget the word, but as a huge um, orchestrated event, like a, um, it begins with a G, I can't think of the word, um, like a light show or a Broadway show or a musical, it's not the same as being there in the audience because the live energy of it. And that's right. what affording and reading the book for yourself is like is having your own experience another example of that is you know we go and we go for a walk in the park and the beauty is just breathtaking and then we record it and sure it's pretty but it's not given the the person viewing it the experience of the breathtaking beauty because there's a palpable love in that moment and so that's what we're tapping people into with the poems is a palpable love and connection to source. Yeah. All right. You said you had a third one. Yeah. It's called human victory. And then it's on page 23. I'm just going to focus my eyes. There's a quiet inner place between hunger and being fed that draws upon a stillness to which we can't be led. It's a spacious, reverent moment between the exhale and the breath when man surmounts our limits, explores an inner depth. In this place of quiet reason, well beyond the visceral mind, humanity discovers a freedom 
the brain alone can't find. It can't be measured in human increments or expressed in words alone. We are coaxed to highest, higher purpose as petty transgressions are atoned. Possibilities are endless beyond our linear latitude. It's a form of human victory to know, to know such gratitude. Wow. So. You want to say anything about that poem? What can you say? I'd just be going back to that spot it's talking about. <laughs> it's got to be experience because it's almost like the words and the intention are like this, the tumblers on a lock. And they all line up. And each word, each space is vetted over and over again to, to get to the, um, the place it needs so, to get. So just the first two lines of that poem, just I'm going to read it. There's a quiet inner place between hunger and being fed. So you can, each person will interpret just those first two lines um, in their own personal way. And so mm -hmm. the hunger could be um, um, the lack of connection to source and being fed could be the connection to source, or you could take it literally. Well, you know, I have food issues from all these experiences I've had. So for me, literal works. And, and for me, like physical food is spiritual in lots of ways. Um, there's a there's a lack of disconnect between the two. So yeah. All right. Anything else Do you, you want to say? Yeah, there's one more. The portal of God. Right, it's short. Okay. All right. Um, it's called. Let the listener what page that kind of thing. The portal of God is on page twenty one. What's interesting is the artwork in it is my own pictures, and yeah. we are actually allowing people it's that's actually a doodle and um and we're actually affording the listeners to to ask for a certain picture that they resonate with in the book and just um with a particular donation on that picture they can have the original artwork yeah so they'll have a piece of genuine healing history for the future cool it's called a portal a portal of God, page 21. To dance upon the horizon all through the night. To live in the exhilaration of an eagle's first flight. To pursue a purity all others abscond. To breathe in each moment forever and beyond. To dive into the heavens as your own private pool. To see life from the vantage point of a perpetual school, to be the lover, the teacher, the healer of man, living in the moment where all ends and begin, to rise to the surface of humanity's cream, to support each being's purpose, their intimate dream, to cheerlead all others and actually applaud is the moment you become a portal of God. It almost reads like a um, how-to guide. <laughs> I was thinking that too. It actually is. And what's interesting is like um, people who, because right now, because of the, the work we're doing in the gems, gems are so cutting, I'm actually getting energetically attacked from people who have strong opinions and the truth that we put out there. So it's another layer, layer of discomfort in this body is being energetically attacked but and so people are saying oh she thinks she's there or they're trying to level the state of consciousness from which i'm sharing these things but for a lot of these poems the words come in and i don't know what they mean and so i have to look them up and make sure it's accurate to what i'm trying to convey in the poem so that's just my evidence that they're coming from a higher place yeah 
I can attest to that. So years ago, I was listening to a lot of your private sessions and these taps, I, I get a sense that the taps are kind of downloaded to you in real time. Um, I don't know if you get that sense, but it's almost uncanny how these taps just, they almost roll off the tongue. And some of the words that you use are so uncommon. It's like, you know, who would even know these words? And one of them I remember is genuflecting. <laughs> so what's interesting is you got to understand that when I'm writing these taps, I'm not writing them for the present linear person. I'm writing them for all the Akashic levels and everything. So the word genuflecting, I'm sure, was a buzzword in some other um, causal experience in the Akashic realms where that word genuflecting really triggered something for energetically for someone to release. So it's interesting that you picked that up. And we have other ones like um, the word abscond or sarcophagus or um, um, there was one, it was called Lamarad, um, uh, meandering Lamarad. And it's like I had to look it up and what it meant was exactly what I needed it to mean. But it was given to me from a tree. And it was interesting because trees would have a vernacular older than, than the present um, life of an individual. Cool. But this was... This was a French phrase, though. It was a must have this tree knew French. Wow. Go figure. I wonder if the trees in Oz speak with an Aussie accent. You think they do? They do. They have talked to me with an Aussie accent. Um, they still, the trees here, I haven't had a chance to be out with the gums as much. They're like Australian people. They, they look at me and they're like trying to figure out how to interact with me. I mean, they sent me love. So there's that one tree that there's a one tree as we're going in the backyard, the first one that's going down the hill. And it told me right away that it wanted to have. Um, oh, okay. I remember that one. Yeah. It wanted to have more mulch under it and everything. And then we put all our firewood under the tree and it really enjoys um, being special in that way because we go under that, but it adores the puppies. All the trees in the backyard adore the puppies and they just love watching them play under the, their trees and stuff. So when we're walking in the backyard and we stop under the tree, they just love it because they're just like, they're just so amused by those little souls playing under them and stuff. And then, of course, we add the birds here to know all the parakeets and the um, magpies and bungees and budgies and and doves are coming and the trees just love being a focal point for the birds so there's a lot more joy um this one more truth came out recently because we just got another puppy we got the three just the three excuse me just the three three's enough wow for us right now and the thing is is that people out there are are loving their pets more and loving upgrading their love and nature more and what and what the adepts are saying to me is that love needs to be um, amped up in the world and our pets are so important to us nature is so important to us trees are so important to us because humans find it nearly impossible to love other humans it's not that they don't want to love other humans it's that the humans have so many defenses so many def walls that they won't allow the love to be received so it's like a dead circuit so now um as a form of of coping with it is is that um, the love needs to be expressed so animals pets the um, other species in our life are compensating for that and helping us elevating the love in the world so we can finally get to the point where we can love other humans and love it other humans can receive the love it would be really helpful if 7.9 billion people on the planet got the book and just had their experience with it because i think i think it would give them a moment of pause to understand 
you know, what's kind of going on at a, you know, from a higher vantage point and how futile a lot of behavior is. It's just, it's unreal. Yeah, if people realized I'm one of them, I mean, the pain that I've, that's been the research of what I do is valid, just like their pain is valid. So when they validate um, what we do through like, like sharing the book or, or giving the book out to someone else, they're validating their own pain. They're validating their own purpose. And it's changing the dynamics of all of humanity because we are here to help each other. We're not here to have a pissing contest anymore. Do you know what I can see happening down the track? And by the way, there is no time and space, so that was a silly statement. But what I can see is lots and lots of people will get the book and they're going to have little um, book poetry reading groups, sessions. That would be nice. That would really be nice. I would like that. And um, the sooner the better as far as, as far as I'm concerned. Not because people think that when we ask people to um, share that it's for a selfish intent. And it is for me, but... I've, I'm personally feeling so much of what's happening in the macrocosm in the world that it would be helpful for me to get a reprieve. If other people would share the book or share what they get, it would take some of the pressure off me, literally. And people will say, just stop doing it. And it's like, I can't. No, I that's, can't stop. Yeah, that's just not an option. Because I can validate that. I mean... You know, it, it's almost like um, this is the purpose. This, this is what we're doing. Um, and, you, you, you know, one, once you've got clarity on purpose, you can't just stop doing it. <laughs> and, and that's another illusion that people think that when they become spiritual or when they find their soulmate, that mm-hmm. life becomes all beer and Skittles. And it's not. It's just that they're strong Beginning. enough. Yeah. They're strong enough to to carry the um, responsibility of that, and they have all the tools, so they can't go on autopilot. Like, like it takes spiritual tools every single second to hold that strength and hold that space for other people to get to this point. And um, it's exciting to be able to do, but it would be even more exciting when more people get to that point and um, more people can be relieved of the suffering in the world. And more people can contribute to the real deep uh, experience that certainly you're having, I'm having as a surrogate being <laughs> right next to you, uh, mm. being married. Um, there's, there's a chapter in the book called Living a Spiritual Life, and I'm looking forward to getting to it i think it might be chapter nine eight or nine it's somewhere in the second half of the book um but you know it's kind of dealing with the day-to-day challenges of knowing that you're a spiritual being having a connection with source but then in the moment having to um live in the physical world as well so i'm looking forward to getting to that chapter yeah it's a big deal when someone can actually get to the point because there's a dichotomy and people like they they're trained all their lifetimes that they're worthless, they're nothing. Yet that the dichotomy of that is they know that they're dynamic, they know they're powerful. And that they get to this breaking point where they finally have to say out loud, I matter, what I do is important, I have this to share. And then that's when all the shit hits the fan. And that's when everything, everything in the life comes out to like try to level them back to the status quo of thinking that they're unworthy. So the, that's where we're at with people. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting time in human history um, right now. And it's intense and it's fast moving. And a lot of people that are sensitive to energy and the work that we do and other, you know, that they themselves do um, are feeling it. And it's, you know, but that's what we do in the work that we do is help people navigate through that experience um, because it's important and that. that the, and the, the best technique is when you're going through 
something. And it's so surreal that you can't even articulate it. Just sit with it. And don't try to react. Don't try to do anything. You're, you're in that experience for a reason. And your advice always to me is just be grateful. Just find something to be grateful for in the moment and just relax and don't, I think for me, it's always the pressure to do like, like, it's like, I'm not doing enough. I'm watching, watching the hearings or I'm watching, you know, play my video games just as a coping skill and to be okay with that coping skill in the moment and don't berate myself for whatever coping skills I have in that moment. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one of the cool things um, about the subscribers events that we hold once a week is an opportunity for people to get together and um, um, yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the place people from the subscription group are always emailing me and telling me what's this mean? What's this mean? And it's, it's a place where they, the people who are in the subscription group have consciously said that this is the lifetime they're doing it. They're not going to back down. This is it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so they're heading up against experiences that, that don't have any understanding because they haven't gone this far in personal accountability. But, but I have because I've been doing it rogue for, my, for myself. So when they say, I don't know what this means, it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's good. It doesn't mean a bad thing. It's just part of this is what's happening right now. This is why this may be happening. I have that happen all the time. No big deal once you get through it. So it's like holding their hand through the, the, the implosion of life on them as they gain their spiritual balance yeah and we're talking about this in the context of one of the chapters called living a spiritual life which is really just the day in a way it's the day not quite the day-to-day -day coping mechanisms but um and there is something just something else about this subscription group right so as much as there's a lot of content and outflowing as well right which there is um it's almost just the opportunity to hang out for an hour and a half with a group of people who are having a similar experience, right? So, you know, how, you know, when, you know, a lot of people, they go and visit their friends and they kind of hang out and, you know, go to have a meal at a cafe or, you know, a diner or whatever it is that you call it in that part of the world. Um, so it's, it's that as well, simply having the connection in a community, um, it's well, there's, there's, you can't underrate it. I mean, I don't well, think. the subscription group is kind of like dining out with on spiritual food. That's one thing. <laughs> and for go. me, I like it's, the metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> food metaphors. And then I, it's very validating to me to know that there's other souls out there who are willing to hang in there at all yep. costs i mean mm -hmm. some people come and go and say uh you know there, there's not much here or whatever they their ego gives them the cue and they follow the they're led around by the ego and then they don't want to be there but the people who hold in furiously with what we do you know they're the most to me they're the most respected people on the planet to me and it's yep. like some of them will say you know um, bring a quote from someone famous or whatever and I say you know what your consciousness is far beyond that person already because you've lived it and you're still living it and you're surviving social media and present current events and that's well beyond what that person had to do in that time frame like a hundred years ago or two thousand years ago so. yeah all right Thanks for the readings. Um, thanks for writing the poems. Thanks um, for helping everyone be able to receive them. Thank you. Um, so can you just hold up the book again? So we're reading from Genuine Poetry for Life. That's what the cover looks like. Can you just really quickly, um, we're not in that much of a hurry today. Um, can you let everyone know what the cover art is, just for those that haven't heard the story? Well, 
years ago, I wanted to have an icon for my own, um, for my own benefit from genuine healing, but I didn't want to be seen. You know, I was too self-conscious. So I took a picture of me with a little earth. It's a globe, just my, Brian. Yeah, and just my lips and um, my hand and stuff. What's interesting is on the, on the picture, I got Australia, New Zealand, and Tasmania all accurate. Yes. And, um, so that was almost like a foreshadowing. So I just drew a picture of, I just sketched a picture of the picture. Oh, that was annoying. We we're just about ready to wind down this episode of Jen's Gems and we lost the internet. Anyway, we're back online. All right. Um, I think that was a good session. Were you happy with that? Yes. I think it's good to connect with everyone. I think it's helpful. Yeah. All right. So anyway, thanks to the listener for tuning in. Um, we'll do some more of these over the next couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks and, for tuning in. And the people who are out there and want a particular subject talked about are, are welcome to um, write a message and comment and let us know what you'd like to hear about. All right. Probably the easiest way to do that is to jump onto the website. There's a little menu item on the top that says contact Jen. So that's probably mm-hmm. the best way of doing it rather than in the comments on the videos. Otherwise, we might just miss Right. Them. But just know that when you comment with me, then an interactive bing bang and over and over again gets tired. And I'm happy to answer everyone. But when it starts to be back and forth, it, it does kind of wear on my energy. So actually, do you want to just quickly talk about that? So, so that people mm-hmm. understand that so they stop doing it? Because I see the I see the backwash of that. <laughs> Yeah, so the thing is, I'm happy to like answer people and validate people, but as soon as, and some people understand that that it's a it's a gift in a way of my time or attention, and I'm helping them energetically, but some people take advantage of that and want to interact with me and and send me messages every day. So what should I do? What should I do the energetic cleanse if this issue comes up and that issue and that issue? And I'm not there for that. I'm not your, I'm not your um, reference guide for this. You have to do it for yourself. And it's a form of trying to use me and be connected to me in that way. We have the subscription group. We have the books. We have these as a means to connect with me. But once private you, sessions. Have a private, private session. Sessions. Yeah. So when you try to just interact with me, you're making it harder for me to reach and connect with many other people. It just, it just deflates my energy. So please be respectful in that way. Yep. Okay. Thanks for the, thanks for this. Uh, We'll do it again. Thanks to the listener. Please like, share, subscribe. You know what you need to do. Um, Look forward to catching you next time and bye for now. Bye for now.